Hi, everyone, and welcome to What Would My Shrink Say, a podcast where you get inside the heads of a couple psychologists and see life through their eyes. You'll never be the same. All right, Todd. Yes, sir. I would like to talk about conflict. Respect I have for you. Called you sir. So much respect. I, I hope you know I revere you. Wow. Reverence, too. <laughs> <laughs> respect and reverence. Yeah. That was a little. That was a little much. <laughs> Tone it down. Tone it down. Tone. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. Uh, conflict. I want to talk about conflict today. Um, in particular, I want about talk about conflict in the context of relationships. Okay. Primary relationships. Um, I guess it could apply to any sort of relationship, but um, usually where this comes up in therapy is conflict with a spouse or partner or significant other. Um, mm-hmm. And I want to talk about specifically, I want to kind of pick your brain about the idea of healthy conflict. And basically this comes from the acknowledgement that conflict is inevitable. Like some conflict is going to happen. Completely inevitable. Yeah. (laughs) And so learning how to do that well, how to navigate that well, I think is a really underrated skill um, that actually has some pretty practical straightforward solutions or approaches. Like I think there are actually some pretty good ways to do that well, but we just don't think much about that. We either try to avoid conflict or we just, when we're in it, we just go with our instincts and intuitions. Yeah, I think you're right. Both of those tend to be pretty unhelpful um, in the long run. (laughs) (laughs) Destructive. Yeah. Yeah, Um, Yeah, I agree. I think that, um, yeah, conflict is inevitable. Um, But man, if you can do it right, it, strengthens your relationship rather than detracts from it. Hmm. I really believe that. It's a cheesy, cheesy idea, but I believe it 100%. I've seen it. I love cheese. (laughs) I've seen it. Yes, you do. (laughs) But my wife hates cheese. Does she? So a lot of conflict. There's some conflict there. (laughs) Cheesy conflict. (laughs) All right. So uh, what are some of your first thoughts on kind of healthy or constructive conflict? Well, I think, I think the idea is in a relationship, I mean, as two people kind of combine lives or or, or um, bring their lives together, conflict is inevitable. You're, you're working with two different histories, two different patterns of thought and behavior, um, set of experiences, practices, customs, traditions. I mean, you're, you're trying to meld two Maybe very values. Value systems, extent. yeah, all those things. And so to expect that there's going to be misunderstanding, miscommunication, there's going to be different competing values. There's going to be all, all of those things are inherent in your relationship. But the idea is if you can work with the other person in a constructive way, you can potentially really create something strong and beautiful out of that conflict. Um, or you can just completely destroy each other. And that's mm. up to you guys. You know, that's up to the two people and how they relate to each other. But I think one understanding that conflict is inevitable mm-hmm. and setting your expectations accordingly. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I hear a lot of people, Oh, we never fight. We never fight. And I kind of <laughs> therapist red flag. Goes yeah. Up. Kind of, yeah. Yeah. I kind of tilt my head and okay. Interesting. Let's talk more about that. And sure enough, you find out there's a lot of suppression or a lot of passive aggressive fighting that they don't count as fighting. Mm. Um, <laughs> wait, sorry, real quick. What suppression and passive aggressive fighting? What are those? Yeah. Someone's not happy <laughs> in that relationship, <laughs> uh, because their needs aren't getting met and they've just learned to like, Oh, I'm just not going to say what I think and feel or mm. pursue what I want because when I do, 
there's conflict and it's brutal and I don't want to go through that. Mm. So I'm just going to hold fast and suck it up, smile and nod. And mm-hmm. yell, yeah. So, so what's the problem with that? Well, <laughs> it's a recipe for resentment and anger mm. um, to start building usually. Yeah. Um, and so it's, it's a great tool to use infrequently and in brief you know, context, but I wouldn't recommend that as your when, overall. When it becomes a default. Yeah, yeah. If you're doing a lot of that, then then you're going to be unhappy in no time. Um, well, and then what was the other thing I mentioned? Passive aggressive. Oh, passive aggressive behavior, where you're not really explicitly saying how you feel or what you think. Um, you, but you're taking these kind of digs at the other person, um, that belie your frustration in a more passive way. Um, you gonna wear that shirt today, Todd? You gonna, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so Nick just suggested my shirt maybe shouldn't have been worn today. Um, I'm embarrassed to go out with way. Todd, <laughs> and so I don't want to actually tell him that I'm embarrassed and that he should change his shirt. By the way, I have a perfectly fine shirt on. So, <laughs> but I, I still want to get him to change. Did his you see shirt. how I turned to the the, the non-existent audience? Right. To, yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah, these passive aggressive kind of comments that, that leak out your resentment basically. Often taking the form of sarcasm. Right. Some version of sarcasm. Right. right. Um, and, and so yeah, yeah, if, if conflict isn't done right or, or with those couples that never fight, you get a little suspicious. Yeah. Um, so yeah, one, understanding that conflict is inevitable. Um, and then two, really kind of deciding how do we want to approach conflict? You know, I think... Some people, some people love to fight. Well, but wait a second. That for, that point you just made is, I think, really non-obvious. That that we should talk about and have a plan for how we do conflict. Right. I think that's probably something ninety-five percent percent of people never do or even think about. I guarantee that's true. Um, often, I ask my clients, "What are your guys? What, what are your rules for fighting?" And they look at me like I have three heads. <laughs> you know, right? Like, what do you mean? And I'm like. Any fight has rules. Yeah. You can go to the UFC. <laughs> they still have rules. There are certain right. things you can't do or shouldn't do or that, that um, aren't healthy. But I think, you know, relationships like parenting and sex and all sorts of other things, they fall into this rule of culturally, we, we just assume <laughs> we should out. just know how to do it. Kind yeah. of like it should just be natural and intuitive and it's it's not something you learn explicitly or should have to think much about. Yeah. Um, which, of course, is utter nonsense crazy right? crazy absolutely crazy but we all feel that but way. i think it's understandable yeah. right that people have never thought about well no one there's not a lot of coaches out there for that's what i mean you don't learn about yeah. that in fifth grade like how to have healthy conflict with your spouse right in no. 20 years like no that's not happening not even when you go downtown to get your marriage license they don't ask you guys hey you guys understand the rules of <laughs> engagement here right, <laughs> right. Um, yeah nobody's really looking out for that but yes i think it's a, i think it's a really good idea to kind of Sit down with your partner and decide how you want to engage in conflict. Huh. What's the right way to do this hmm. in a way that um, kind of adheres to the values of our relationship? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then hopefully those rules kind of lead you to um, have a better relationship. And I, and I believe that can be the case. Um, yeah, that's also a really important point, I think. This, this isn't just about avoiding fights or negative outcomes in our relationship. But I really like this idea that 
doing conflict well can actually improve your relationship. Man, I like, you that's know, a cool idea. I'm kind of addicted to this idea, um, and I've seen it so many times in, in both my relationships and other people's relationships where if you can engage in fighting this way, man, is it. I mean, it doesn't guarantee that your relationship's going to last or whatever, but it, man, is it a better experience. I mean, um, then you're then you're so much more open to the great things in your relationship, I think, too. Yeah. So so f- engaging in conflict in a healthy way um is 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 almost 90% of the couples work I do. Just how do you guys talk to each other? How do you engage in conflict? How are you mm-hmm. resolving conflict? Um so so many couples fight about the same things over and over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. Um and you kind of wonder, well how successful are you guys in conflict yeah. if you you're not reaching any resolutions for years, you know? Yeah, I, it's it's amazing. I have to think it, it you know, it's a cliche or a truism that um, all all of healthy relationship is ninety nine percent of healthy relationships is about communication, right? Yes. Um, yes. I would say ninety nine percent of communication is about communication around conflict. Like that's the yeah. that's the trouble spot of communicating. Most people can communicate fine when things are going well. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But it's when things are stressful or when someone's not getting their needs met or when something difficult comes up a lot of us fall back onto these really strange, unhelpful patterns of behaving and communicating. Right. And if we don't explicitly kind of come up with and become aware of better alternatives, you know, that cycle is just going to perpetuate. You know, and, and, and couples have these really unhealthy behaviors in conflict because in conflict you're often uh, motivated to protect your, 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 your concerns. You mm-hmm. want to move to protect your interests, basically. And so if two people move to protect their interests, rather than really understand the interests of each other, you're stuck. Mm. You know, you're, you're stuck playing defense constantly rather than really being able to engage in, in a healthy way to, to reach resolutions. So there that, are no resolutions when you're just moved to protect your own interests. There's which is none. literally the definition of defensiveness. <laughs> right? <laughs> right, right, yeah. <laughs> when you find yourself getting just, defensive. I'm that's just so on. motivated to protect my point of view here yeah. that I have zero interest in yours. Which and, is where people end up getting farther and farther apart. Oh my God, because they'll argue weird details about something to prove they're right. To prove mm. that they're, you know, what they're defending is the truth. Um, and, and that's what a lot of couples, that's how they engage. Let's, they get triggered by something, some event, some, you know, issue. And then they both move to a defensive position to protect their interests. And they both just find bits of data that support their point of view and throw mm. them at each other as hard as they can and hope to beat the person into submission and saying, you're right, you're right, let's... Let's just move away. I'm sorry. And then you're doomed to repeat that argument again because that's not a resolution right. that is going to really take care of the problem at hand. Yeah. yeah, so what's what's the alternative? So rather than getting defensive and proving, trying to you know, cherry pick pieces of evidence to prove that you're right and they're wrong, what's the, what's the more constructive alternative? You know, so I learned this from um, this way of talking and, and engaging in conflict in grad school from a, a brilliant man named Alan Frizzetti, um, who has a book called The High Conflict Couple. Uh, it's a great book, um, but it really outlines kind of a system of communicating with each other inside a relationship that leads to resolution 
and to closer relationships. Um, and I, I call the system validation. He never really gives it a name, but if you communicate with validation, um, this is often the outcome. You get less overall kind of negative arousal and a lot more kind of um, relationship building activity. Um, and it's based on some really easy steps. One is to kind of, the, the first goal in communicating is to really understand your partner, to really understand them. Not in a, I need to understand their argument so I can poke holes in it, but in a, <laughs> in a way that you say, I really, you know, this is, this is a person I care for deeply and I want to understand their point of view and what they're getting hung up on here in this issue, right? And the idea is if you can really get to that place and go, oh, there's a point there or there's an emotion here that's really valid, that, that has a lot of, I can understand why my partner is tormented by this or upset by this. Mm-hmm. How can I now present how I feel about this issue and then can we talk to each other in that way to resolve and come up with solutions? Can I say, hey, here's what's really valid about your point. Here's my point of view. And can you say, hey, here's what's valid about your point. Let's reach a solution that's, that works to combine both elements for us if we can um, in order to kind of come up with resolutions and solutions to this. Okay, but the, the first skill is to really try and so put yourself in their shoes to one, really understand. One, yeah, the, the goal initially is, is to say, wait a minute, I need to understand what's going on here. My, my partner's upset. Mm-hmm. I, need to, I need to understand why. It's important yeah. enough for me because I care about this person to understand their point of view. I feel like that's so hard though because instinctively every bone in your body is saying protect yourself. Yes, right? that defensive You're under of, attack, yeah. And, I, and I often use the metaphor of you... Couples who do that turn into two porcupines quick, <laughs> right? <laughs> right. And how do two porcupines mate? I, I have no idea. Very, very careful. <laughs> <laughs> so the idea is as soon as I, you know, sharpen these quills up, my partner's going to do the same thing and we're going to get yeah. nowhere. Escalation. Right. As soon as one of us moves into a defensive position, the other one's likely to do it as well. Mm-hmm. So yes, it is a, a huge trick in the beginning not a trick but a huge practice set in the beginning to say how do i not get defensive when my partner says you are being an asshole right now how do i not go well f you yeah you know how do i go wait a minute um, did i hurt your feelings there what happened you know oh you did this thing that and 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 to really say oh okay i want to understand how that hurt them it's a hard thing but vital yeah but I like, think just using the word defensiveness is actually having a label for that feeling is really important because then you can get a little distance on it. Like you can see it as this thing that's happening to yeah, you, yeah. but that you don't necessarily have to go along with. And, and a lot of the validation about understanding each other is to diffuse the defensiveness. Right. Because if my main, if you can see, if you and I are in a relationship and you can see I'm earnestly wanting to understand mm-hmm. what you're saying and, and how you feel. And I'm not motivated by any kind of goal to protect myself. I just really want to understand you. Right. A lot of your defensive melts away fast. You just start saying, oh, here's, he's paying attention. He's mm. listening to me. Yeah. Like he wants to know. And you, don't, you have no reason to be defensive then. Okay, here's a theory. Yes. In order to be genuinely validating, to really understand someone else's position, mm-hmm. first, you have to be validating with yourself. So mm-hmm. I have to feel that surge of defensiveness coming up and be able to say, okay, I feel like I'm under attack and that's okay. Like that's a normal response. Mm-hmm. But is that really the, the direction I want to go right now? Is that really the most helpful thing? No, but it's, it's understandable that I feel that way and that's okay. Yeah. I'm allowed to feel that way. 
But what's going to be really in my and our best interest here? Right. I, I bet if you can do that, if you can give your, give it a label, say this is defensiveness, it's natural, it's understandable, but it's mm-hmm. not, it's not me necessarily. I yeah. can choose to do something else. Yeah. You're going to be more likely to then be able to, in a genuine empathetic way, start to see things from their perspective. Right. And, and to give you an idea, I mean, this is difficult. I don't, I don't want to paint this as the easiest thing. I have been in love with this technique for years now. I will often find myself in an argument that's not healthy and the thing that usually cues me to to step back and start doing this is I see pain on the face of the person I'm talking to. Oh. And then I can go, oh, I don't want them to feel like that. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want that. So wait a minute. Here's my cue to say, uh, let me disengage and really understand what they're saying You know, before entering back into this conversation. Because mm-hmm. I do not, yeah. So whether it's some kind of realization of defensiveness will lead to a poor argument here or just... I don't want to engage in a painful debate with this person I care about. I just have no desire to do that. Yeah. Right. To, to see pain on the person's face who I love or I care for or have adoration for. I don't want to do that. Yes. Yeah, so that realization I think is, gotcha. is probably a pretty good one. Um, and then to, to really look at as you're listening to, to your partner or your person to really look for what is, what's valid about what they're saying. Do they have a point that's mm. valid? Emotions are always valid, I kind of say. Mm. If your partner's hurt, then they're hurt. And it doesn't matter why, what, that emotion That is matters. how they're feeling. Yeah, that's yeah. how they're feeling. It's hard to argue with how someone's feeling. And so they then start validating those things. And it really melts away defensiveness. What, it, do you, what do you mean when you say start validating those things? When you start saying, you know what, Nick, you have a good point there. You have a really mm. good, you know, I hadn't considered that or, or I, I didn't know that that was that important to you. That... You know, where I can see you're in pain and I don't want you to feel that way. Yeah. You know, that's awful to I feel did, that I didn't mean much to, pain. but it sounds like when I said this, it really made you feel Yeah. Uh, yeah. Angry and or and upset. I and I don't want you to feel that way. Yeah. You know, so I'm really interested in whatever I've got to do to help you not feel that way that's constructive for both of us, I'm in. Just to let right. Mm-hmm. So how yeah, but that sets a different tone for the conversation. Where now you're actually gonna have a conversation. Um, and you could say instead of a competition and you can say here's how I kind of see this you know here, here's the values that I'm kind of hitting on in this argument and that are important to me and then the next step is easier because you can just say okay this is really important to you this is really important to me how can we come up with solutions that incorporates both of those things and and then you're actually coming up with solutions to a problem and working as a team rather than saying I'm right because you said this last Thursday at 12 o'clock mm-hmm. and now it's midnight on, you know, whatever. And I just did this and see, here's where you're wrong. And and good, you can do that forever because they're going to say, no, you didn't say that. No, I didn't say that. I said this and then you said that. And then, oh my God, that's the most useless type of conversation I've ever heard. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so, so if you can validate, really express um, that you understand and reflect back to your partner. And, and that's why I say it's not even your turn to talk until your partner goes, yes, you do understand how I feel. Mm. And then you can say, okay, let me, let me see, let me see if you, I can help you understand how I feel here. But until you've really heard your partner out and been able to reflect back to them and have them go, yes, I think you understand it. You're, you've got to listen mm. and ask questions. Yeah. Um, so it tends to be really effective because by the time you you're done talking that way, you feel like we, I have a partner. I have someone who's right. as invested in these outcomes as I am. And 
you're, can, on, you're on the same team. You're yeah, we're on the same team. Not only that, I know that they care, that they're listening, that they're, and, and you're more likely to hug each other at the end than, than walk into different rooms and slam a door, hmm. ideally. Yeah. Cool. Makes sense to you. Mm-hmm. Totally. Good. Validation. You going to try this with your wife? Yeah. yeah. Done, done screaming at her? <laughs> you guys have a great relationship, actually. It's fun to watch you guys together. Oh, you yeah. guys are very caring, very, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I like our relationship. Yeah, I bet you do. <laughs> okay, I, I have a, I think that those are awesome points. Okay. Validation. That's just truth, Nick. That's Seems like you really know what you're talking about, Todd. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what if you didn't? What if you What didn't? if you thought I was full of it? How would you still validate me in this moment? Um seems like you really care about this topic a lot and you've really beautiful Nick you're put so in a good lot of work to try and understand how you can help other couples better beautiful but you're full of shit and here's why <laughs> <laughs> you're such a good validator <laughs> um okay so I have one little thought to throw in here um okay. kind of unrelated I think I think I think you're right if if validation is the thing if you're only going to do one thing to improve the way you have conflict and the way you communicate mm-hmm. and the way you go about improving your relationship learning to validate and practicing getting better at validating that's Huge. the one thing i would do yeah. absolutely i agree um here's this one just came up it ca- actually randomly came up twice very um close after each other in, in with a couple of my clients in therapy so i thought this would be kind of an interesting little one to throw out there but the idea of apologizing well because i think part of conflict is Mm -hmm. when things have kind of settled down how do you sort of wrap things up Mm -hmm. and the the typical way of going about it is well you apologize i'm so sorry i'm so sorry and then you know hug right game over um but one of the things that a a sort of sneaky source of kind of low-grade resentment and frustration relationships is uh bad apologizing Mm. And I don't mean people are like sarcastic when they apologize or they don't really mean it. I think most people when they apologize, they do really mean it. Yeah. But that to me, bad apologizing is apology with no plan for follow through. Mm -hmm. So one of the things I've noticed about couples who seem to do really well with conflict um, is that they not only do they apologize in in a genuine way, but they make a specific plan for how to take care of the issue next time. Okay. So they, it's not just, I'm sorry I did this, but even if they don't say it to the other person, I don't want to do this again in the future. So I'm not only am I just going to hope that I don't in the future, I'm going to make a really specific plan for not doing this uh, again in the future. Yeah. Like yeah. I, I t- can tend to be kind of sarcastic about your clothing choices, Todd. <laughs> <laughs> I want to try and not be so sarcastic anymore. Right. I do like your shirt, by the way. I hope you do. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I know that that's my tendency. And so I don't want to just rely on good intentions. Right. I want to make a real plan for not, for not doing this again in the future. Okay. So I think that's, but uh, that's, again, one of those things we don't really think about. We think of apology as just a, the thing you say yeah. and maybe how you feel as a result of it. Yeah. This hits on that resolution piece. You have to come up with like, here's how we're going to handle this in the future. Because I think if, you do, if you're constantly apologizing and then doing the same thing over and over again, you're basically teaching, you're communicating to your partner, I can't be trusted. Right. 
right? Like so I, I say all this stuff thing. and then yeah. I just keep doing it over and over again. Right. And of course that builds a lot of frustration and a lack of trust and faith in the relationship. Sure. But on the other hand, when you not only apologize, but have a specific concrete plan for making changes to that thing you're apologizing for, mm-hmm. not only do you hopefully not do that thing anymore, but it, that is a great way to inject trust and confidence into the relationship. That's huge. When your partner sees that kind of, that you really, not only that you feel badly for doing something wrong, but that you're willing to make specific changes. To alter your behavior. As, yeah. So I think it's actually dangerous to think of apologies at, without also thinking about what's the follow through. Yeah. No, I do. I, I, I couldn't agree more. I, th- I think the resolutions, the, the solutions you find to deal with an issue that you're engaged in conflict over are paramount. Otherwise, you're just going to do that thing again and again and again. Um, so, yeah, I agree. And and so you're, you're suggesting an apology. What if, because a lot of times couples fight over opinions or points of view. Nobody's right, nobody's wrong, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you have a point. It's like politics, right? It's like, yeah, you Everybody's got a point, you know, to make. And that point is usually valid, you know? I would would say if it gets to the point of being a fight, you've done something wrong, (laughs) right? Ideally, you would have have discussions or maybe arguments about differing points of view. Oh, well, but but let's take this example. Let's say there's a miscommunication. Okay. Um, You thought your wife said to be here at 5 o'clock. Um, she told you to be there at four thirty. Mm-hmm. You just a miscue. You put it in your phone wrong. Whatever it is, there's no way of knowing what whether she said five or four thirty. Now it's been three weeks, you know, right. or two weeks or whatever. Um, and so when you get together and you're hashing out, wait, I told you five thirty. Mm. No, you, you whatever that is. No, at that point, who's right and who's wrong doesn't really matter. There's no, and, you, and you'd never be able to prove that. Yeah. And and the pitfall is couples often start arguing that point. No, I told mm-hmm. you 4.30 because remember we were standing here. I said, and, and, and the other person's like, right. no, no, we were here in the car. I told you. And they'll argue those things uh, forever. So there's no right and no wrong. How do you then ooh. apologize, not apologize? See, you don't. Oh. See, this is the thing. I think if there's, if it's really a situation where no one actually did something wrong, good. it's a mistake to assume that this has to be a right or wrong right. world. Right, right. And even trying to apologize when they're really, that's a mistake too. Right. Um, so I think that's something you would talk about with your partner. You know, yeah. there are going to be times where nobody's right or wrong. It's yeah. just a thing that happened. Right. And it's a bummer. Um, but we don't actually need to apologize if no one's done anything wrong. And I think that's, that's something that's really good to point out. A lot of couples will apologize at the drop of a hat. Right. Those apologies mean nothing after a while. So to really reserve apologies. For yeah, they kind of warranted. cheapen apologies. Yeah, they, they definitely right? do. But to reserve an apology for, wow, I was wrong there. You know, I, mm-hmm. I, I really, man, I I was one-sided and I wasn't thinking. I mean, yeah. to really reserve apologies for when they're, where they're warranted and to really kind of just labeling miscommunication as this is a miscommunication. Right. You know? And you, you can express sorrow or disappointment sure. that things went sure. the way they did and that the other person feels the way they do and and hope that things won't go that way in the future. You, you know, you can do this generally. Right. You don't have to just walk away. Right. Um, but yeah, you want to reserve apologies for when you've done something wrong. Right. And and all too often, <laughs> we we don't do that. No. We say we're sorry for Everything. the most benign, you know, things that don't even matter. And then when a real apology comes, 
it doesn't mean as much. Doesn't it doesn't have the same mean. emotional weight. Yeah. Um, well, and by the same token, hopefully you're able to apologize. Some people really struggle mm. to apologize. It, it's kind of like admitting, I don't know. I don't. You know, everybody's different about why they who struggle to apologize. But um, yeah, some of those are brutal too because sometimes that's what you need from to hear from your partner. And if it doesn't come, boy, is that can that be brutal too? Tough. So to get good at apologizing when you should and and when you shouldn't apologize, don't apologize. Yeah, be kind and be gentle, but reserve apologies for when you really mean them. Yeah. Hey everyone, Nick and I really appreciate you listening to the podcast. Please rate us on iTunes if you get a chance, and if you have any feedback or comments for us, that'd be great as well. And if you have any questions or topics you'd like us to cover in the podcast, let us know in the comment section as well. Thanks.